Hello everyone, it's uh, Andy and... Hello Dave. Hello. <laughs> In the, um, the first full episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Thanks for, for joining us and yeah, I'm super stoked to yeah. finally be recording. I know we recorded a teaser, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is the first one. This is the full the full Monty. This is it, Dave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how are you feeling? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. I've been looking forward to this all day. Um, yeah, it's a mixture of kind of sort of nervous energy <laughs> and, and and just a, a, a calm. Oh, nice, mate. Um, so today is yeah first episode. Yeah. What is it about? Well, it's actually one of the most important questions, and we can cover off a lot of um, sort of topics, but we're going to talk about how dangerous is it to trek at high altitude, um, which I think is a great sort of umbrella topic. We can it's a biggie, co- isn't it? Yeah. It's a ve- I mean, we get, we, you're right, we get asked it. We do lot. get asked it, yeah. We get asked it a lot, particularly, you know, when, um, you know, there's a lot of stories in the media, mm. um, Everest gets mentioned a yeah. lot. Um, we we know that like Everest Base Camp and Everest is like comparing apples and oranges, but there are a lot of a lot of correlations I think that, that can be made, and a lot of topics that we can sort of lay to rest, and hopefully people will uh, yeah it'll answer a lot of questions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, b- before we do go into it, I mean, you know, me and Dave uh, we're at Evertrek, uh, and we you know, we specialize in high altitude trekking. Yeah. If you listen to this podcast and you're thinking about heading out to to Everest Base Camp. Highly recommend that you download the Everest Basecamp guide. It is in the show notes, but if you're just listening, uh, if you just type in bit.ly forward slash Everest BC guide, and you can download the guide, get the full walkthrough of the trip, and it should answer everything you need to know. Um, but yeah, let's, let's let's go deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's do it. Let's get, so, should, um, we, should we get stuck into the episode, Dave? Yeah, why not? Why not? So, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I literally came back from Everest Base Camp, what, two weeks ago now? Yeah, and you, um, you look so much lighter as well. Yeah, yeah, I feel so much lighter. <laughs> uh, 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 but to be honest with you, most of that was achieved in Kathmandu after the trip. Um, what do we call it? Uh, uh, Delhi Belly and Nepalese Napalm, I think is the term. Nepalese Napalm. Um, but no, yeah, one of the I think one yeah. of the big stories um, that like uh, it certainly hit uh, local news and I believe was picked up by... Um, some of the national news as well. That yeah. Sadly, there was someone who passed away on the Everest Base Camp trek. Yeah. They were a day ahead of me and my group. Um, we don't know anything about what happened there, aside from what we've read in the media. So yeah. I wouldn't like to comment on specifically what happened. But certainly what it did do mm. is it raised a lot of questions for us specifically yeah. um, about, you know, how dangerous is it? You know, what are you getting yeah. yourself into? And when you go to... It? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, especially, I mean, not this makes a difference, but he was a local guy to where we're from. Yeah. Um, and as you said, we don't, we don't, we don't want to go too much into the, um, you know, the, the details of that. But inherently, you know, it did bring up the question and, you know, we, we, we try to answer it as, as, much, as best we can in the, in the Facebook group. Yeah. And to people that are asked. And, you know, it, it is, yeah, it is dangerous. And it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we, we discussed, don't we? I mean, about how dangerous things are. Yeah. But it's it's also it's relative to I think where you are in life or what your lifestyle's like. If you travel a lot, yeah, if you're an active person, because <clears throat> certainly in our opinion, I know we discussed this quite a lot. It's very different climbing Everest 
to go into Everest Base Camp. Absolutely, yeah. Just I, in terms of the media now, and just just talking about the negativity yeah. around it. I mean, I think, um, yeah, it is. It is getting to Everest Base Camp on its own. Yeah, is an incredible achievement. And it's something that very, very few people, considering the amount of people that we share this planet with, yeah. actually get yeah, to do. Yeah. Um, and then the amount of people that actually summit Everest—it's a whole—it's a whole other beast. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I'm struggling to even draw an analogy, but it, it's like, you know, Everest base camp is arriving at the car park. Yeah. Everest summit is going to work. <laughs> you know like two two completely nice. different experiences but i think yeah. talking about danger in your life i mean everybody has like like you just said got a kind of like a base level of danger based on their yeah. routine we're all creatures of habit and by and large we have a routine yeah if part of that routine is skydiving base jumping high <laughs> yeah. altitude trekking then you're gonna have to accept that there's a, a greater element of um of danger in that and i yeah. think if you're gonna think about trekking at high altitude and starting a high altitude adventurous lifestyle, then, yeah. you know, it's part of what you're going to have to accept. That's part of the adventure as well, isn't it? And let's exactly. be honest, this isn't, that isn't for everyone. I mean, it's very important. Yeah. But if you like adventure, if you, you know, if you like that little bit of danger, yeah. because I mean, me and you, you know, we, we both like a little bit of danger, don't we? Yeah, I think it so. It kind of keeps us on, on our toes. I think so. But, <clears throat> excuse me, if you are, if you are the sort of person that is looking for that little bit of danger, that little, little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Then for us, I mean, I mean, you know, we, we do profess that high altitude trekking isn't any more dangerous than the other things you would do. No. You know, I mean, let's be honest. We drive on the roads in the UK that are probably just as dangerous because you've got people speeding, yeah. changing lanes. It's certainly relative to yeah. to just walking. The thing is, I, to I base camp. yeah, I like to think that when we do base camp, because there are dangers in terms of it's, yeah. it's mainly related to the altitude. Yeah. So how the altitude can affect your body is it's largely unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but we certainly like to take an intelligent approach to sort of managing that risk. Yeah. And I think, what's one of the analogies? It's about knowing the difference between a copperhead and a corn snake. Now, <laughs> what the, this one. Yeah, what the, I don't know. I just drew it from my, I can't remember where I got this from. But anyway, but essentially, you know, two things that look the same but are actually very different. Yeah. And how you in, and what makes the difference is experience and knowledge. So if, yeah. if you're going into an environment and it looks safe yeah. and it feels safe, but you haven't got the experience to know if it's safe, yeah. then you're best not heading into that environment. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. that's why going with a legit outfit and, you know, there are many of them and there are many non-legit outfits. Yeah, yeah. And we like to consider and pride ourselves on the fact that we do know the difference we do know what we're sending people into. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're not going to send someone into an area that we're not able to comfortably manage yeah. their safety. And that's what I think the difference is about knowing the difference between a copperhead and a corn snake. You know, if you come across a copperhead and you think it's safe and you believe it's safe, but you don't know and you pick it up. Yeah. And, you know, it turns out to be a copperhead, then you're screwed. You're screwed. <laughs> you know, I hope that made sense. <laughs> no, mate, it did. I mean, look, this is the first episode of the Mount Malarkey podcast. Some people would say maybe we've started a bit deep. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but the reason we wanted to talk about it, I mean, it's, you know, it's because it's fresh. It's in the media. Yeah. People are talking about it. And we thought, why don't we start off with one like this? Because, you know, naturally, we want to tackle the subjects yeah. that kind of people are talking about. We don't want to just talk about the fluffy stuff. No. We, no. We, this is what the podcast is about. We want to yeah. talk about things that will help other people. Yeah. And, you know, if you listen to this podcast now... And you're thinking about going to high altitude trekking. I like to think that 
potentially what we're discussing might actually help you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean, it's not a holiday. No. You know, um, I shy away from using the word holiday mm. in reference to any <clears> of our <throat> trips. Not just Everest Base Camp, but Killy. Um, anything we do in like maybe South America or Morocco on, that's on the horizon. Yeah. It's not a holiday. Yeah. You know, it's an ad, it, it is it's adventure. A, isn't it? It's an, it is. It's an adventure. It's a controlled adventure. You're going yeah. with experts. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it's like, it's the reason why, you know, Ferraris are exciting. <laughs> they're not exciting because they're the safest cars to drive. Yeah. They're, they're exciting because they're a little bit frightening. Um, and personally, I think that's what gives me a little bit of fire, you know, a little bit of. Yeah, it excites you, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I think one thing on this podcast, we're definitely going to have analogy of the week. For you. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Because of your analogies. Honestly, I love them. They're brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where I draw these. <laughs> I know, yeah, it, yeah. it might be something I read 15 years ago or something. But no, yeah. There you go. You can have that one for this no, week. No, I will. I'm gonna, ahead we're going to interest. I'm going to write that down. Analogy of the week. Excellent. That's written down. Yeah. Now, you might be sort of wondering, we're, me and Dave are probably two of the most informal people around. Yeah. So... This podcast might be a little bit flexible. Yeah, there might so. be dogs walking in because um, Penny, the ever dog, is actually sleeping at the moment. But yeah. at any point, she could bust in. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if you do hear like um, some sort of noises, that's not me and Dave. Yeah. But also, Penny. we want to acclimatize you to um, what it's going to be like traveling in the third <laughs> yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah, you're going to yeah. have to learn to roll with the punches and be a little <laughs> bit informal um, because things don't always go well. They don't always go right, and we're going to yeah. certainly adopt that philosophy in our podcasting. <laughs> no, but um, you know, hopefully it does go well. I mean, while we're while we're while we're on the subject, I know we've we've talked a few things before we started. Yeah. Um, you mentioned. Uh, before about Russell Bryce because while we're on the subject of high altitude trekking climbing yeah. Russell Bryce with Himex yeah. you know are one of the well they're at the front really in terms of any 8,000 metre climbing peaks aren't they yeah well I was following Russell <coughs> Bryce for a long long time now since I read some books like over 10 years ago and I watched some Discovery Channel documentaries and but then I yeah. always think you need to you, you, you need to sort of always look at both sides of every coin because he does have some critics about the way that he conducts his uh, operations. However, there is one thing that I think is remarkable about Russell Bryce, which is all the years he's done guiding on Everest. Yeah. Um, And I have to double check this fact, but I don't believe he's lost a client. No, he hasn't. Compared to some others that have an acceptable loss rate of like, you know, five a season. It's it's insane. And I I was actually lucky enough to meet Russell Bryce and talk to him a lot about the things that... um, you know, affect our industry yeah, and yeah. where there are, you know, crossovers. And one of the things that I remember talking to him about was, um, and it, it came to mind recently when I saw that um, that big queue, you know, NIMS took yeah, that picture of NIMS, the queue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then there was a lot of talk about what the government of Nepal should be doing yeah. to keep people safe on the mountain. And it brought to mind a conversation that I had with Russell Bryce, where he was talking to me about, well, Anytime you undertake any adventure, any risk, yeah. it needs to be, and and you reflect back on what may have gone well or may not have gone well. Yeah, yeah. You need to frame it in the context of where it's taking place. Yeah. One of the things about Nepal, now, Nepal is one of my most, it, it's so dear to me, mm. you know, I absolutely love. It's an amazing place. Yeah, it? I mean, we, I could talk forever about all the great <laughs> things about Nepal, but it's an unstable country. Yeah. The government used to be switching like every six months or so. It's relatively yeah. more stable now. But one of the things that they were calling for was, you know, that the government needs to take more affirmative action on how the mountain is managed and yeah. things like that. And there may be some truth in that, but you need to frame it in the context of 
Nepal. Where it's at. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and one of the things that I was told before as well, <clears throat> look at it, you have maybe 10, 11 people pass away on the mountain due yeah. to one reason or another. But then this is, they don't even pave the roads in Kathmandu. Yeah. You know, or like the major highways between Kathmandu and Pokhara, you know? Yeah. Like the, how many people die every year on the road in Nepal? Yeah, due to the quality of the that. roads, you yeah. know, and the government won't even take a step to do that, which is a relatively simple fix. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I think what what my point is that I think it's down to the operators. Yeah. To not so much pass the buck onto the government of Nepal and expect them to basically fix a problem that they created on the mountain. Yeah. You know, so it's about that intelligent approach to mountaineering and trekking. And I think Russell Bryce... When I met him, that's what I left with him. Yeah. You know, it's an accept. There's acceptable risk and there's unacceptable risk, yeah. and knowing the difference between the two is where you will find the good and the bad in terms yeah. of what we do. Mate, that's a great point. I think. <coughs> Excuse me. That'll be edited out. Yeah. <laughs> the kumbu cough. <laughs> kumbu cough. Maybe I won't edit it out. Yeah, I've had it for the last three years. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, at least three. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. If you do go to um, the Kumbu region, yeah, um, yeah, it, it is relatively dusty. Luckily, we will give you one of those, um, you know, very signature Evertrek buffs. They are everywhere. So, they are everywhere. I've seen porters with other operations wearing <laughs> I know. them. I know. How did that happen? I don't. I don't know. Just, the buffs <laughs> have got. Yeah, I was the, thinking he's the, not. They've transcended Evertrek. They're no longer. <laughs> they're, they're no longer. They're 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 sentient. They just they, they go where they go, floating in the ether. But um, yeah. Anyway, if you, when you're out there, uh, or if you come with us, even if you're on one of the training weekends, um, you'll get one of these Evertrek buffs. Yeah. And they will help from the dust. But clearly, for me, it didn't bloody help. No. Because I've still had this cough for the last three years. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. It's nothing bad. <clears throat> it's just, it's just I, I can't get rid of I've it. I've never known you not have a like a bit of a sniffle. I, well, you know me and my nose. It's it's you know. it's your signature move. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. I know. I, anyway, um, but yeah, going back to to what we're talking about there. Um, you know, we both hold Russell Bryce and his team in very high regard. Yeah. When it comes to high altitude mountaineering. Yeah. As you said in the beginning, high altitude mountaineering in terms of climbing Everest and what we do. In terms of trekking to Everest Base Camp, is very different. Yeah, um, you know we do have to remember that, and it kind of moves me on to quite an important one. I, and this was a bit random. Was I saw an advert? You know, I obviously scrolling on Facebook, you know, as you do, and I saw this video, and it's basically an Australian version of Jaws. Oh, really? <laughs> and it was quite funny. You, you call know, that so, a shark? Yeah. <laughs> but basically, it was. Um, uh, so you imagine it's it's filmed. Every scene is the same as in Jaws, right? Yeah. So you've got someone with the binoculars looking out of the beach like this. Then you've got um, you know someone swimming, and then you've got that camera angle, you know, that's from the, from yeah, the bottom yeah. as though you're, you're a shark. And I was thinking, okay, what's this about? It's going to be funny, isn't it? It's Australian. Um, so anyway, as time moved on, it's it's filming. Then next thing you know, it's like get out of the water, get out of the water. And basically, then this this chair pops up. <laughs> yeah. But it's in the shape of the dorsal fin because it's a corner of the chair. Yeah. And the point was that chairs kill 200 times more people than sharks. Yeah. Because, of, you know, in Australia, it's quite famous for dangerous sharks. Yeah, yeah. But it's nowhere near as dangerous as chairs, according to the Australian stats. I don't know where they got that from. Yeah. But I suppose the point is that, look, we know that certain things are dangerous. Sharks can be dangerous. I've dived with sharks. You've dived with sharks. 
in was it Mali Aquarium? Yeah, Mali Aquarium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you remember we talking about that that uh, ma- uh, intelligent approach to risk. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, I know. Well, I've, well, I've I mean I've dived with loads of different types of sharks. Like yeah, great whites. Uh, you know, you've got grey reef sharks, bull sharks, dangerous sharks. Yeah, they've been fine to me. I know this has nothing to do with the mountains. The point I'm trying to make is that just because it's dangerous doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. No, it's a very, very, very low chance. It's like flying. Yeah, we all fly. You know, because we like to get to places. Well, even Lukla. But it can even Lukla. Yeah, exactly. It can be dangerous, but we do it, don't we? Yeah. Because it's part of the adventure. Exactly. I also think it highlights another thing, which is about you know how things are portrayed in the media. Yeah. You know, it has a it has a very powerful impact, and to, I've almost given up on hoping for like in balanced reporting. You know, there's lots yeah. of these there's there's these websites you know that monitor the Everest season and stuff like that. I have mixed feelings about them because although I might follow them because I have an interest, yeah. it, it's very hard to know what's happening at high altitude when there's like an emergency. So you get a lot of yeah incorrect information coming off the mountain, and then you other got to think like there's families and stuff listening to that and you know yeah. anyway. But I think yeah, like one of the things about this, and obviously this is why where we began. There was sadly a fatality on every, on the on the trail yeah, this year, yeah, that's and right. it was someone, it's Cardiff, wasn't it? yeah, someone from you know really local to us, um, yeah, and I was actually a day behind him on the trail, yeah, um, I would have crossed over with him at Gorek Shep almost certainly, you know, yeah. may have bumped into him, and it, yeah, it really touched home, like, and uh, I think that, yeah, the dangers of high altitude trekking predominantly it's how the body adjusts to the altitude so yeah, we want to just yeah. put that out there what we're talking about really is how altitude can affect the body yeah low blood oxygen levels increased heart rate you know um and then on the, at the severe end of the scale you know you've got the um cerebral edema and pulmonary edema yeah very rare on our trips but we want to put it out there because we're not going to hide behind what no, no. potentially because it, it is what it is isn't it exactly altitude yeah. is altitude and it's how you adjust yeah but we know i mean you know it's one of the things we're known for is that if you're as you know super prepared as you can be, if you do some simple things, you listen to your guide, hydration, yeah. pace, you're going to acclimatize at a certain point. Yeah, which limits and, and reduces the uh, the chances of altitude issues. Yeah, I mean you know we all suffer the effects of altitude. Yeah, but there's a difference between the effects of altitude, altitude sickness, yeah. and then like severe AMS. Yeah, and I think that. You know, th- there's a manageable way to approach it. You know, like it's simple things like staying hydrated, eating yeah. more. But then at the severe end of it, you know, when you do get ill, it's about being able to make those tough calls. This is yeah. another thing that I learned from Russell Bryce, you know. Yeah. Um, because when I was talking to him, I remember saying that if I was ever going to climb Everest, I would go with your operation. And he said, oh, just out of curiosity, why would you say that? He said to me, you know, we're not the cheapest. Yeah. There are other people you could go with with a similar operation. Yeah. And it's to do with the trust... I have in his ability to manage my safety when I'm not in a position to yeah. do it myself. And your life's in his hands. Exactly. You know. And if we sort of distill that down to what we do at yeah. Everest Base Camp, if someone is you know not in a position to continue, yeah, then they get turned around, and they either walk down or they fly down. Yeah. Either way, they reach the pinnacle of what they could achieve on that trip. Yeah. And then they come back, and it doesn't have to be the end. Look at Doug. Yeah, yeah, Doug. Yeah, that's uh, if anyone doesn't know and hasn't been following us, Doug is Dave's dad. Yeah, yeah. And Doug. he reached Everest Base Camp with you, was it in October? Yeah, thirty first. Thirty first of October and it was his second time. So second he time. what he got he got about five hours to Everest Base Camp back in two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Remember I was there with Dave and Doug. 
Um, this time he made it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So it was. It, it's an impressive sort of. Because we know what what it's like to actually get to altitude, and he said, I think he would put his hands up and say that the problems began way before he even left the UK. Yeah, yeah you he know, did, he did to, with, that. with his preparation and things like that. But then he got unlucky, mm. caught like a bit of a cold. Altitude started wearing him down, and then yeah, we left Lobuchet on our way to Gorakshep, um, six hours from base camp potentially, and yeah, he made the decision to turn around, and yeah, it was a brave one, and actually, you know. Hung up his boots at he that did. point. He, he gave away, remember that? We were in the Lukla having a beer and uh, a guide at the time and, and he was like, do you want this watch? Yeah, 300, 300 watch. pound watch. And he gave it away. Yeah. I, was, I think we were all looking around the table like, hey, I would have had that. But, um, but no, yeah, like two weeks after he got back, you know, he messages me and he's like, we're going back. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, what you were saying about, you know, how, you know, being better prepared yeah. certainly does make a difference. Yeah, it does. And, Literally, he trained, he lost some weight, and he arrived in far better physical shape. Yeah. And his head was in the right place as well. Exactly, yeah. He was ready to do it. Yeah. And it is a combination of mindset and physical preparation. Yeah. You put those two things together, I know you're big on the mindset as well. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, you know, some of the other episodes we'll be talking about, I'd be going into it in a bit more detail. Yeah. But yeah, you know me. I'm a firm believer in. Mental resilience yeah. and building that you can you can almost do whatever you want to do. Obviously, people have limits. Yeah, and, as we say, bit of a cheesy cliche, but you know, everyone's Everest is different. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I massively when it comes to mindset, I think um, it's super important, and it is on the Everest Space Camp trek. But I don't want to spoil the, the next couple of episodes because we will be talking more about it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, with Doug, I think he was definitely in a better place. Yeah, I think so. I think we're. Before he was, he winged it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Some people get there, some people don't. Yeah. But you are rolling the dice. Um, this time he, you know, he prepared. Yeah. And he took a considered, intelligent approach yeah. to his health, the trip as a whole. And I think he would say that it was hard, but not that hard. What did he? Com- compared to 2017, where it was impossible. Yeah. You know. He was, wasn't he? I remember his, his face, like. I mean, obviously, I, I know Doug. You know, obviously, we've been hiking a lot in Wales, haven't yeah. we? And, um, you know, he's not the fastest, but he doesn't need to be. But you know what? <laughs> that was a polite way of putting it. <laughs> Sorry, Doug, if you're, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, um, but he's not the fastest, but he doesn't have to be. And, and he goes to his own pace, and he enjoys it. Yeah. Even on the training weekends, he, know, he knows himself. Yeah. And again, because he's, he's comfortable with that. You know, and what is he, 62? I think so, yeah. 62. I, I, what a question <laughs> to put me. Shocking, David. No, yeah. Um, yeah, he's 62. So he's, he's, he's in his early 60s, Dave. I'll give you he's, that He's in his early 60s, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't long turned 60. Yes. Um, but fair dues to him. I mean, I, I mean, we, we do get a lot of customers. I mean, Doug isn't the oldest by a far reach. I think we had a couple of customers in their early 70s this season. Yeah, yeah. Same trip, uh, actually. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. We had, because uh, you had Greg... Um, Greg, Greg wasn't that old though. Greg and Dave. Dave was. Dave, yeah. sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave, if you're listening. Yeah. Well, no, sorry, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Greg. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> no, yeah, like D- Dave, fair play to the guy, seventy-two. Yeah, that's that's. I take my hats off to you. You know, and um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great guy. So yeah. affable, so good to have on the trail. You know, always smiling, always yeah. happy, and um, yeah, interesting guy. And again, it was about the preparation he put into it. Yeah, you know, seventy-two, but the guy would run rings around a lot of people. You know, really, ten, twenty years younger than him, and um, 
Yeah, no, it was really good. I think this trip, you know, every time I go to base camp, I always yeah. learn a little bit something different about the trip, you know. I always yeah. think that I've cracked it. And then I'll learn something new. What, did you, what did you learn? I think I learned this time because I, I've always been a firm believer in getting as physically prepared as, as you possibly yeah. can. Um, and I'm the first to admit to say that, like, I've always thought your mindset's your mindset. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but now I'm learning a lot about talking to you, about talking to other people, that you can train the mind as well as you can train the body. Yeah, yeah, and, 100%. And that makes a huge difference. And one of the guys we had with us, Adrian, I think he'd be, I think it'd be fair to say, and I don't think he would be upset with me for saying that uh, he w- didn't train yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and arrived pretty much out of shape. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we all had concerns. Yeah. Particularly after day one, which is an easy day. Yeah, that affecting, um, isn't it? Altitude doesn't affect you. Yeah. It's in a th- few hours. And yeah, he was struggling. And I, you know, probably if I'm honest with myself, I probably would have thought, yeah, we'll see how far he gets. Yeah, yeah. But base camp probably won an option. And he said something amazingly sort of, I don't know, it struck me anyway after the yeah, trip. Yeah. When we were talking about what little differences, and actually very few of us were talking about, you know, oh, I'm glad I did that run. Yeah. I'm, glad I, I'm glad I did this. And what we're all talking about the little differences that make a huge difference yeah, ultimately yeah. in the end yeah, and yeah. one of the ones he said was one of the guides um, Pradeep yeah. just came up to him one time and just tapped him on the back while he was resting and said you're doing good yeah, yeah. and he said it was just like a delivery of human kindness to the really? soul you know <laughs> and uh, he Brilliant. said it was just I don't know it just it, it was warmth where yeah. previously there was none so we give him a, that, that encouragement helped him there yeah and where his physical ab- ability Stopped. Yeah, a good mindset and some healthy encouragement. Yeah, took him the rest of the way, and yeah, yeah that, that was amazing. But again, intelligently managing the risk. I know I'm, that's almost like I'm drilling that phrase home, yeah, and yeah. I don't think I've said it before. No, <laughs> but, I yeah, sometimes I. I mean, but yeah, it's you. You've got to manage that risk. Exactly. You? Yeah, you, you know, don't put him in danger. No, and that's it. It's about sort of the guides were aware of his condition yeah. at all times. The guides, man, they're brilliant. They are good, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're going to say that, yeah. But you know, we we wouldn't. We are some of our guides have been at base camp over two hundred times. Yeah, I mean, you can't not go to Everest base camp and do be at high altitude that long, with all the training they've had. Some of them have climbed Everest, yeah, without being without knowing a thing or two about high altitude. Exactly, tracking, yeah. You know? And <laughs> you know, they, they know just by looking at you what sort of condition you're in. Yeah. And they're able to manage that condition. So sometimes people need time to adjust. Yeah. Like, you know, we might reach, say, I don't know, Dingboche and look like absolute death and just be <laughs> like really struggling. But you need time to adjust to the altitude. Yeah. So twenty four hours later, forty eight hours later, you could be in a completely different condition yeah. because you've looked after yourself, the guides identified the problem. Um, and yeah, but our guide Nima on Everest in '96. Yeah, those of you that are the Everest disaster. Yeah, those yeah. yeah those of you that Everest savvy will know that year rings a bell. Yeah, and um, yeah, fantastic guy, fantastic guy, and you know knew knew all the time where each of us were, myself yeah. included. Yeah, that's what you got to manage everyone. Doesn't matter how many times you've been at altitude, your body adjusts the same or at the same process every yeah. time. Just because you've been there before doesn't mean you just you can just chill out. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, well, <clears throat> both of us we live at sea level. Yeah, you know. So every time I go at altitude, I have to adjust each and every time, like everybody else does. Yeah. 
Um, Which is a pain because you think, oh man, they got to climatize again. Seriously thinking about buying fun, isn't it? Seriously thinking about buying a tent. <laughs> the altitude tent. The altitude Ooh. tent. Yeah. Maybe we should do an episode on one of those. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll buy one, <laughs> and use it, and then do a trip and come back and report. It'd be a very good test, wasn't it? Yeah. It'd be a very good test. I think we should do that with Killy. Yeah. That is one of the things. Yeah, I am a complete degenerate when it comes to equipment. <laughs> you know, like I'll buy anything. Um, so yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll report back on that. <laughs> nice. Well, look. Um, I mean, yeah, we've you know it's been great doing the first episode of the podcast. It's been fantastic. I think if you are listening. We, um, you know, obviously we'll talk about the final world in a second. But just to remind you, if you are keen to jump into this adventure, as you probably guessed, it's not for everyone. But if it's for you and you fancy going on an adventure, a little bit of danger, manageable danger, we'd love to have you with us. And if you go to the show notes, there is the uh, downloadable guide for Everest Base Camp. Or if you're listening, it's bit.ly forward slash Everest BC guide. Download that, have the walkthrough, and um, yeah, it'll tell you everything you need to know. We've also got the trip videos on there. And yeah, I mean, always, you know, give us give us a comment, give us a review on that. Very importantly as well, um, while we're here, just before we, we sort of talk about the final world, the word, subscribe to this, this podcast because it's brand new. You know, we, we know how things work. Yeah. The more people we have, the more people that leave reviews, um, we'll, we'll attract more listeners. And that's what we want. You know, we want to... Provide maybe a little, as you said in the little teaser episode, was it? The, the, something about gleaming a golden yeah, nugget? Yeah, well, I just think that, um, you know, by leaving it, you know, if you've listened to the podcast and you've enjoyed it, or something that we've said has made a difference to you um, and helped you make up your mind, yeah. one way or the other, then, yeah, please do leave us a five-star review. Please do subscribe and share the podcast because it enables us to continue giving that message out yeah. and helping so many other people. And maybe each and every person that listens might gleam one Little golden nugget. I love that saying. When you yeah. said that, uh, was it last week? And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swipe into point." Yeah, yeah. Well, well, <laughs> well that's, that, that's what we're all after at the end of the day. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I wish that I was more informed the first time I went to base camp. Yeah. Because well, it didn't help you enough. <laughs> you were absolutely brilliant, but um, you know, I almost wish that there was something where you know, a guide. Yeah. I'm sure there was. But I didn't know about it. Yeah, because it wasn't there. Because then, things it, yeah. like this didn't happen. Yeah. You know, so hopefully by doing this, the next time someone comes along, they'll be able to tune into the podcast, get all their questions answered, play it to their loved ones, convince them, <laughs> or put them off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, mate. Sometimes it's, it's half the job, isn't it? Um, you know, we all care about people. And ultimately, yeah. if you're in a relationship or you've got close friends, or like, oh my God, you're going to Everest, or you're going to climb Killy, whatever you're going to do, sometimes the hardest job is persuading them. Yeah. So maybe get them to listen to this episode and, yeah. and see what they think. And, you know, a little bit of education goes a long way. Yeah. I lose track of the amount of times where we might get a comment when we say about Everest Base Camp and someone says, oh, you know, what about all the oxygen canisters and bodies left on the hill? Yeah. And you immediately know why they're doing it. Mm. It's because of, you know, mi- misinformation. Yeah. Um, it's education, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So this is because great. Because it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. And please, please, I'm running out of people to talk to about yeah. this type of thing. Everyone just walks away from me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, but um, yeah, so like we said, subscribe um, to the podcast. Um, it'd be awesome to see you and, um, you know, leave us a review. And the final word, really, <clears throat> Kumbu Kof is almost done with me. Mm. Dave, final word, would you like to do it today? Um, yeah, so the, the final message. Yes, every space camp is dangerous. 
Um, at the end of the day, it's no more dangerous than a lot of things in life that, you know, adventure travel sort of encompasses. But it is anyway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, you know, making sure that you're comfortable before you go on any trip. Um, and if not, then the trip's probably not for you. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, that's all part of educating yourself, finding out about yourself and finding the right type of adventure for you. Yeah. Because high altitude adventure is not for everybody. It's, you know, there's a great saying. Challenging, isn't it? Yeah, it is very challenging. And the, but ultimately, you know, it can be, you know, massively life changing. Yeah. And personally rewarding. Yeah, it's huge. You know, huge. because I think that if you go to high altitude, you will find out about your limits. You will find out what you're comfortable with. You'll find out what you're not. Yeah. You'll find out about your physical and emotional limits, you know, and you'll come back a far more well-rounded person. Yeah. And I you'll agree. know more about yourself and you'll know more about life and you'll know more about, you know, everything that matters. And what's next, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. 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 Mate, that's great. I couldn't put a bit of myself. So I hope that's kind of helped everyone that's listened. Do tune in to episode two, which um, because we're doing these, uh, releasing our podcast episodes every week, so do tune in, and yeah, we'll be back with next week. But cheers, Dave, it's been, uh, been yeah. awesome, mate. Yeah, it's been great, yeah. Can't First wait for episode. Yeah, done. Done. In the can. <laughs> great stuff, yeah. I hope you enjoyed it, and yeah. we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.